Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the first ever post-Avery Johnson edition of the PowerCat questions podcast it's like uh, a new era has arrived well maybe that's a little bit too much tim fitzgerald zach carlson cole carmody and ryan gills gilbert right here in the gpc studios zach and cole spent their day with our ryan wallace down in Mays slash wichita slash the deep south of kansas um covering the avery johnson commitment we'll talk about that a little bit and uh, I held down home base, and, and Ryan Gilbert, um, I, I don't know what he, what he did yesterday. Probably worked. Did you work? I was at the lake. Oh, you were still at the lake yesterday. Yep. Uh, what a rough life Gills has. <laughs> we're sponsored by The Fridge. Speaking of rough lives, if you're having a rough life, turn to alcohol. Is that a good bump? Is that no, good? Uh, that's no, great. absolutely not. No? No? Okay. No. Uh, if you're looking for a good time, turn to alcohol. Is that even better? Yeah, okay. Uh, anyhow, get into the fridge. Whenever you're in town, if you're local, make sure and to turn off your notifications on your computer <laughs> before you go to the fridge. Yep. Make sure you mute your phones before you go to the fridge. Because you don't want to be distracted while you're at the fridge. You don't want to be, like, evaluating all of your thousands of choices for your taste buds and then have your phone ding and it's it's a chick saying you up and then you forget what you were doing i think i forgot what i'm doing zach you okay over there i'm tired yeah get into the fridge we appreciate their ongoing support of the power cat questions podcast and let's get going we got a lot of excuse me folks we got a lot of recruiting and avery here in the first half and then we'll plunge into my favorite topic chess in the second half <laughs> or conference realignment here's your questions from wild station gills take it away from pickles how is your traffic doing <laughs> zach we almost had the best day ever almost? yesterday almost? we were just shy of our all-time high can't get into the exact numbers but we almost set a record for page views but we did set a record for page views in the three o'clock hour that was the greatest hour we've ever had. Wow. But second best day we've ever had. The golden child delivered the golden hour. Sure. When looking at that that chart that Zach showed me, so just as, as a background, after all this happened, we went to a local brewery in Wichita. A brewery. A brewery. I, I can't say this. A brewery? A brewery. Is that a what I brewery. Said? Brewery. You... Brewery. Either way. A brewery. And uh, he showed me the chart. Let's just say that it looked like Mount Everest compared to all the other hours, which were very high. But then you saw the 3 o'clock hour that went, and it was pretty impressive. So congratulations to all of you for uh, hopefully making your afternoon with Avery Johnson committing to Kansas State. Was number one when Google was messed up? No, that was... That was a good day. That was like the TCU game in 2010 where Google, the score bug, when you Google this, what the score was, it was broken. So people were going to the live story to see the score. 
Mm. Um, but no, the best day was after Southern Illinois last year, the Sunday after, because those Big Twelve hot takes or whatever from the West Virginia site do really well on our site somehow. Fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. I it was a it was a really active day. We're at an all time high for subscribers at in our twenty four seven existence. So. Um, more and more people continue to come over to go power cat. We appreciate it so much. If you're not subscribing, please do so. I mean, my guys just do things differently. We're not the same as we were maybe five years ago, 10 years ago. We're doing things a lot more streamlined and I think more what people are really after. So come, come check us out at the very least. We got so much free stuff between podcasts and daily deliveries and stories. I mean, the model's different at 24 seven. We do a lot of free stuff. Um, but we also have the best stuff behind the paywall. From Derek S56, new subscriber, so welcome to the podcast. When was the last time we have seen the K-State <coughs> fan base as a whole be as excited for a commitment in football or basketball as Avery Johnson? I don't – it's so hard to compare because social media has just bent everything. Michael Beasley. Yeah, I think Beasley would be it, but we didn't have that kind of social media – Presence as a, you know, anyone did back in what was it, 2008? Avery Johnson was Avery Johnson was the number 13 thing trending on Twitter at around 310 when I asked him a question and asked him, Hey, Avery, how does it feel to be the number 13 thing trending in the world on Twitter? So shout out to K State fans for that. That's incredible. And, and that, that just goes back to my point that in a cable environment in which you're counting heads as people that are held captive by paying a subscription. That's a different realm than a streaming environment in which you want engagement and fans that will turn on the sport, turn on your team. And K-State fares really well in that. I'm very curious to see if K-State has any more high-profile recruits, if CBS Sports HQ decides to do the same thing. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say that was probably one of their better hours as well because i'm sure k-state fans flooded to either go power cat or cbs sports hq wherever they found a way to watch that program and it probably drove up their ratings because i can tell you right now just looking at my going through my snapchat stories there was probably five or six people who were at work and had the live stream streamed on their tv and there was a, a noticeable cheer when he decided, when he announced he was coming to kansas state so yeah I would I would not be surprised if in the future, even if it's not this year, but CBS CBS Sports HQ decides, hey, you know, maybe we should put these guys who are might be choosing Kansas State uh, on for our program because it is going to help our viewership. I don't think it's necessarily a K State thing. It's a these guys were highly rated by twenty four seven. Yeah, so these are yeah. you know he's a four star. If you're a four star, you should be. You shouldn't be putting out a graphic on Twitter and mm-hmm. saying that's where you're committing. If you're a four star, you should be, you know, on. TV streaming on you know CBS HQ or wherever you want to do it. So I think that as K State gets more guys like Avery Johnson, where they're competing for four stars, I think that this is just the beginning of seeing these types of commitment announcements where K State's actually in play. Yes, I agree. Well said. From RR Cat 2016. Not sure if he's ever made it on the podcast. So welcome to the show. How much NIL money would you estimate Avery will generate while at K-State? I would think he has the potential to hit seven figures with a, with a successful career. I have no idea. I, I don't 
I think the NIL thing's going to calm down in terms of, I mean, these, these recruiting contracts are being thrown around. I mean, that's what they are. They're enticements to get kids to sign. And it sounds like K-State is only going to do the way it was designed post-signing your student-athletes getting NIL money. I'm not sure. I'm just not. Um, but what's incredible about this to me is I don't think the NIL was any calculation to Avery. Uh, from what I can tell, he, he didn't give two craps about it. He kind of has a Jerome Tang approach to this that why worry about that now? Let's worry about the big money in the NFL. So does he talk about the NIL? No. After his press conference, he goes and throws the football. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he will be an attractive NIL person, and he might even step out of our K-State market into a national level because, honestly, he's got kind of a rock star look to him. He's a quality individual you'd want representing your company, so maybe he will go beyond the boundaries of the K-State fandom and NIL money. To answer this question, I really don't care. <clears throat> that That's the, that's yeah. the ultimate answer. Because at the end of the day, if Avery can market himself successfully, that's what the NIL is supposed to do. Right. Right? I mean, that that's the whole goal behind name, image, and likeness. You want to get paid because you have a successful career playing football. So what do you do? You attract local businesses. You attract national businesses who believe that you can help them profit. That is the fundamental basis of NIL. So to answer that question, I really don't care. And I don't think Avery does either. You hit the nail on the head when you said, Fitz, that he wants to play in the NFL. His camp believes he can play in the NFL. I do. So, yeah, he's not worried about getting you know, whatever amount of money it is as a true freshman, he is worried about developing, coming to K-State, playing under Colin Klein, playing under Chris Kleiman, and working on his craft so that one day he can be signing these massive NFL contracts that we've seen so many quarterbacks get. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get seven figures initially. I think over the force of a over the course of a full career, I think he could get a million dollars plus. But I think right now he's probably high six figure target is what I would guess. But you got to consider the other NIL that isn't just you know straight up paying somebody with a car or with a bunch of ca- a bunch of cash to make one social media post. You know. These guys are allowed to put their names on jerseys now that are going to be able to be sold by the university. You know, there's other revenue avenues that these players have access to that aren't necessarily, you know, some dude in Miami paying a bunch of money to Nigel pa- Nigel Pack to, uh, you know, to come to, you know, a different school. So... You know, there's there's legitimate avenues there that you can make a lot of money. I'm genuinely surprised, and honestly, I, I'm shocked to be honest. Avery Johnson said that his favorite quarterback right now is Patrick Mahomes. He said he's a giant Chiefs fan, right? Well, usually when that kind of stuff happens, and Mahomes knows that there are that there are kids who are really good football players that are big fans of him. They'll get a shout-out from Mahomes, and he'll kind of follow their career closely. That hasn't happened yet with Avery Johnson. But I totally, totally believe that will happen with Avery at some point this year. And I go there because with the new world of NIL, um, if he gets in tight with Mahomes, you know, even if Mahomes promotes him a little bit, he, he does hold more value. 
He, that's just that's just the honest to goodness truth. If Mahomes sees him and is like, hey, this kid is going to be really good. There is value in knowing that there is a superstar in professional football who recognizes you and can promote you. I fully believe that if Mahomes reaches out to Johnson or if he says, you know, if he sees him play and likes his game, there could be some NIL value in that. I, I, I know you're talking about football, but I think you're telling me that Avery Johnson's going to bring Whataburger to Manhattan. Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing? I don't want that. I'd rather have Quick Trip, Zach. Oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah, that actually, I wouldn't mind having Quick Trip. I'd probably rather have that, too. Hey, hey, hey. Huh, you weirdos. Why can't we have it all, guys? Why do case? Why does K-State have to pick one or the other? Let's have our Quick Trip next to a Whataburger. And then, damn it, Ryan Wallace will put an in and out on the other side just to make you happy. We got Casey's. Oh yeah, that's nah. good. I, w- I went in there the other day and it was uh, it was nice. It was really really nice. Uh, they were out of pizza again. Gotta make the pizza. It's been that, a trend at that Casey's. I know it's bizarre. I, I don't understand. I mean, you're famous for not having pizza at this point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, this is your thing. It's like uh, me n- not being good looking. I'm known for being hot. Let's move on. <laughs> From Eric Schneid, <laughs> what do you think the recruiting impact a quarterback like Avery Johnson will have on the future classes? On future classes, will look like beyond twenty twenty three. You want to play with a good quarterback. I don't care if you're an offensive playmaker, an offensive lineman, or a defender. A great quarterback who is a great leader is attractive as a recruit. It just is because it. It lifts your entire program in terms of visibility because everyone loves to talk about the quarterback. And if Avery's thriving and playing well, everyone will be talking about Avery Johnson. I'm I'm sorry. He just is that kind of kid. So, yeah, it it has potential to really help the entire program. I'm fascinated by this. Avery Johnson is the second most recognizable Kansas State football player right now. Behind Deuce Vaughn. That's valid, actually. I think it's a good, a good statement. Yeah, the, um, the, I think the kid just came up with something over here. <laughs> he did mention that yesterday. Okay. It's not a new thought. Okay. Um, you know, I think that you know, regardless of if it's Avery Johnson or whoever it is, the fact that he did it on a national stage and committed, and you know picked a K-State hat to wear, you know, in front of everyone, I think that has more impact than, you know, the fact that he's a quarterback from Kansas. I think just that the, the national exposure of, of streaming it live, you know, making the decision that, like I said earlier, that isn't just tweeting out a graphic, you know, K-State being in play for these types of guys that are relevant enough that go to these Elite 11 camps, they go, you know, perform well on a national stage. K-State being in um, in competition and, you know, in the race for those types of guys is going to have more of an impact than, you know, Avery Johnson himself. You know, I think this is just the beginning of, hey, that K-State brand is out there. And I think that that's going to have a domino effect going forward. It's fascinating because I just I'm still not sold that the recruiting is going to be like this every single year. Well, it's, it can't be because, I mean, we're already looking at the 24 class yeah. in Kansas. It's nothing like the 23. No, and I think that's what fans need to understand a little bit. Like, yes, K-State is taking advantage of their situation. 
And that's awesome, right? As somebody who covers recruiting now, um, this is like really honestly the first class I've actually, you know, covered since they were, you know, in the recruiting cycle. And, and it's cool because you get to see these kids develop, you get to see these kids grow, and then you get to see them pick K-State, the school that you cover. So I think it's cool because it's in-state kids, right? That's unique. This is not going to be like this every single season. So K-State is going to have to be more proactive. They're going to have to maybe switch up the way they do things. But I look at a guy like Joe Jackson. He is an 87 composite score, a very underrated but still kind of highly rated athlete out of Florida who's going to have a chance to be a very good football player at K-State. Those are the kind of kids that K-State can be in play for. Those high three-star, maybe even low four-stars, if you look at a guy, maybe potentially still in the mix like Josh Manning. Those are the guys that K-State can be in, can, can compete for. And so um, I think they can do that more now that you have a quarterback like Avery Johnson because, again, are we really sure that a guy like Jacoby Lane, like Josh Manning, would actually want to come to K-State if Avery Johnson wasn't in the mix? I don't know. So it's important to have a quarterback, and it's important to build around that. From from 3G Wildcat. We're, we're all like, it's mid-morning when we're recording, and we're all kind of like, what happened yesterday? I feel like we're hungover from Avery. <laughs> I feel like it. Yeah, that I'm, sounded, very, I'm very tired. Like sure. We went to the fridge last night, didn't we? We did not. We feel like it. Does the tradition of K-State football opening up conference games on the road continue in the future Big 12? Did I mention this was the last question? Of the first no, time? I you didn't. Know. There we go. I, I'm... I will be interested to see, because I think there's a flaw in the algorithm. I think that's what's going on here. And I've said it before. I, I think somehow the algorithm has decided to balance out the Oklahoma, Texas has to be this state. And somehow K-State always, I, I just something's flawed in there. So once you remove Oklahoma, Texas, and particularly if you go to 16 schools, the algorithm will completely change. But there, there's also this perverse enjoyment about it. We joke about it. But you look at this year, you know, you get it out of the way. You go to Oklahoma, and, and then you got four at home and four on the road in a, in a year where you got five on the road. Or in those years when you got five at home, all of a sudden you're five and three after one game. So it kind of puts you at an advantage, particularly if you win that game. So I don't know. I like it. I think you just get it out of the way, right? It's kind of like – you know, it's like starting a workout. Nobody ever really wants to start a workout, but after you get your first lift in, you're like, "Okay, I got it. Let's let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna conquer this." I know you guys may not know. No offense, you may not know I have what no that idea feeling. What you're talking about, but for those that are listening, that may be at the gym right now. You kind of know. Maybe you're just driving to the gym. You want to start your workout. Go in. Start your workout because after you get that first one, you're gonna have five home games the rest of the season. What, what is he talking about? What's this gym? Who's Jim? None of us are named Jim. There's only four home games this year. Four home games. That's what I said. He said five. No, I didn't. No, he said five. Oh. Not you. My bad. What did Jim say? And why is he working out? Let's go to break. We'll be back. This is the Powercat Questions podcast. This is going to be shocking to all of you. But when we return, we're going to talk about conference realignment. I know. Weird. What an odd topic. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat questions podcast. We're a little bit tired. We're a little bit sniffly and coffee. Not like coffee. coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we're just struggling a little bit. 
Go with us on this journey. Hey, by the way, if you haven't listened to the breaking podcast from uh, me talking to Ryan Wallace as he made the drive out of Wichita towards Kansas City last night, or excuse me, on Tuesday night, make sure you go listen to that. It's very interesting to get Wally's take after everything had kind of calmed down a little bit. We got the questions podcast here on Friday or Saturday or some point. I'll put up the overtime. A lot going on this week at GoPowerCat.com and a lot going on uh, at the fridge. Make sure you stop by the fridge and check out their specials. If you don't have the app, if you're local, you need to get the app. I mean, the app's so cool. When they have a special, uh, I get an alert. It says, hey, fatty. Uh, well, that's not what they call me, actually. That'd be kind of weird. Uh, vodka, your your favorite vodka's on, on sale. And that's cool. Um, when when Pacifico goes on sale, I get an alert. Hey, Pacifico's on sale. And I see, and I get over there and, and buy some. Anyhow, make sure you download the app. It, it was, the fridge was awesome during the pandemic. I had to go order in the app and just pull up. And they put it in my car, and I'd leave. It's, it was like a dream come true. I'm going to add to this before we go on to the second half. Also be on the lookout for some basketball recruiting coverage this week. There is Kansas City. Nike EYBL circuit number four. Mr. Gilbert will be there. I will be there. So stay and on Mr. The, Wallace. We love and Mr. Mr. Wallace. Mr. Wallace as well. So stay on the stay on the lookout for some for some basketball. Switch it up a little bit. Well, I agree. I agree. I agree. Hey, you know what, Cole? Don't let me forget about the credentials. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That that, that uh, link is somewhere buried somewhere on one of our many conversations. I don't know where it's at at this point. Why, am I doing the whole podcast? It's so special. Why don't you just do the whole podcast? Wow. Mr. Sniffles. From KSU number one, there's been a lot of bad takes by certain members of the media with this most recent realignment. How do you view the media circus this go around? I'm, I'm amazed at how out of touch certain members of the national media are with the product they cover uh, uh, just kind of almost a root misunderstanding of what college football and the college football experience is about. Uh, I, I, I just, don't, I, I, and also look, they, they have great sources, but they're so used to getting spoon fed so much information because people want it out there. You know, they, they just don't know how to interpret things. A guy by the name of Mole Latt. I got it. You got it? Joel Klatt. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh. I speak his language. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was disappointed in Joel Klatt's take on that this will be great if we have two super con- No, it won't, Joel. I just said this on the radio. College football at the very root is regional. It's not national. It'll never be national. The only reason we care to watch Alabama, Georgia play in the national title game is if you trace it backwards, it's because the teams we care about in our conference have an opportunity to meet those teams. And if you take that off the table, we don't care about the SEC and Big Ten playing a national semi-pro title. We just don't, we don't care. It's... People in the SEC and Big Ten might care. But then again, I'd argue that if you're Indiana and you're getting shoved down the ladder of the Big Ten, if you're Purdue 
feel like I'm picking on an entire state. Minnesota, <laughs> Northwestern. If you're a fan of one of those schools that is there to be the fodder that loses to Ohio State and Michigan and USC, you too will begin to lose interest. This is a failed um, – this is going to be a just a complete disaster if they try to do this. It's media people who tweet things out to get engagement, to get responses, and let's face it, to try and get more attention for themselves. I think as much as there is very bad takes on the internet, a lot of it is people trying to get their name out there because guess what? If you can fire people up, you're going to get engagement on your Twitter and you're going to you're going to have those little notifications that pop up. And at the end of the day, people are self-centered. And if the more notifications you get, the better you feel. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now. I think right now at this point in time, anyone who puts out, well, this is what I would like from college football. I'd like to take these six teams from the Big 12 and these six teams from the Pac-12 and make a great 12-team conference. If you're spending 10 seconds of your time thinking about something that absolutely will not happen, has no relevance to the current conversation, you're wasting everybody's time and you're just trying to create content. I want to talk about things that might happen. And, and sometimes that means all the national people think, well, the Big 12 is done. And we're in the Big 12. We're like, no. Hold on. Let me check my polls. We're alive. We're good. There was a ridiculous one I saw. And I think it was on CBS. I don't remember who wrote it. But it had the four new Big 12 members plus four other Big 12 members and then eight Pac-12 teams in it to make a 16-team Big 12 that excluded, like, K-State, Iowa State, (laughs) Oregon State. It's like, where did you come up with this? This is never going to happen. There's not a scenario right now for the Big 12 to kick out an existing member. And join up with the Pac-12. There's no scenario that that's going to happen. Why are you spending one second of your time talking about that? Unless your idea is exactly what Cole said. Oh, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm kind of bored. And, I, and I've done this too. I've done it with Colorado fans recently. <laughs> I'm just going to piss people off. That's all I'm going to do. I mean, that's what that article reeked of. Let's Look, put, let's put Iowa State and K-State out of the Big 12 and get a whole bunch of Twitter engagement. That's what that sounds like. like it's I'm going to say like. it. It's, it's a friend of mine. And I respect Dennis Dodd tremendously. But at the end of the day, Dennis can't get over the fact that he's a Missouri grad and because of that hates Kansas and Kansas State. So he left them both out of that scenario. He's got such a blind spot that he doesn't understand. He, he just doesn't see any value in these, these two schools from Hickdom because he's an elitist Missouri, which is so funny that Missouri people <laughs> think they're elite somehow. I don't know. I, look, what we're looking at right now is the Big 12 is alive and well, and the Big 12 – um, might be the third healthiest conference out there, which doesn't say a lot. I mean, we'll see what the ACC does. We'll see. I, I think the ACC is understanding the peril in which it's in at a level that the Big 12 never grasped under previous leadership and that they do have very desirable products. And they also recognize some of you got to get over the fact that these granite rights are somehow ironclad. Oklahoma and Texas – technically signed an agreement handing their their rights for 99 years to the Big 12. That doesn't go away when they leave. 
And yet, I think we all recognize that's not going to happen. The Big 12 is not going to own their rights for 99 years. And the same holds true with the ACC. But I think the ACC recognizes this is going to get tested. And if members really want out, and if we're attacked enough from both the Big Ten and SEC wanting out members and those members wanted to leave, they'll vote this conference out of existence. And they're trying to get Notre Dame locked up. And I admire them. They're being very proactive. And and that'd be the best thing for college football. Notre Dame goes to the ACC. Maybe it's West Virginia as the 16th school. I I hate to see it because I love them in the Big 12. Um, And this conference just expanded to accommodate them. So that kind of sucks. But if Notre Dame goes, says, we're going to the ACC, you guys are crazy for what you're trying to do. Somehow Notre Dame becomes the good guy that saves college football. Did you ever see a scenario like that, Zach? No. Where we'd all say, thank you, Notre Dame. You're great. But that's where Notre Dame is going to stay independent. Uh, we'll, I don't think. They what's can. that Batman quote? It's like you either live long enough to become the. die a hero or live long yes. enough to see yourself become live the villain. Is that Notre Dame? No, they're they're the villain that could potentially live long enough to see themselves be the hero and live longer. You guys are all wrong. You know, KU's going to leave the Big 12 and it's just going to shatter. <laughs> that didn't work. Nope. Well, Fitz got up and we're Would watching you have him. laughed if you were behind your microphone, Fitz? Well, <clears throat> sorry. Give me I, a little chuckle. I had the, had the air vent closing here and we went from 68 degrees to 75. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a little warmer. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to to handle this in daily delivery, but let me say it this way. I, I want to stop and look at this from KU's perspective. Oh, okay. I thought and we and I'm, being, I'm, I'm being sincere about this. This isn't some kind of backhanded pot shot at Kansas, but look at Kansas. They, they view themselves as an elite academic institution. We can argue over that. I, you know, I don't care, but that's what the, they, they have a law school. They have a med school. They, they have, They have a high self-worth in academics, which there's nothing wrong with that. They also have a very high self-worth in a certain sport. And they're probably, as an institution, looking around this conference and seeing the likes of Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, which is essentially Texas State, West Virginia, and they hear banjo music. They have such disdain for agriculture and ag schools. I mean, they do. As a fan base, they make fun of, let's be blunt, they call sheep fuckers. But they, they look lo- down at the ag schools, and now they look around and they, they don't see Oklahoma. They don't see Texas. They don't even see some of the other schools like Colorado that left earlier. Or even Missouri, which had the same kind of academic self-worth feelings, even though they hated each other like brothers. They don't think they're in a conference with their equals anymore. But they wave the wheat. Yeah, I, 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 I can't understand the culture of waving the wheat while making fun of farmers. Do you not understand what the wheat is? Uh, so I see why they're eyeing, eyeing the Big Ten, thinking we belong over there more than over here. Because culturally... They do fit the Big Ten better. 
I don't know. I, I just think Kansas better realize that basketball, they just don't get this. Basketball isn't driving any of this. Basketball is a secondary benefit out of this. And the Big 12 has an opportunity to continue to get better and better in basketball. Just amazing. They, they might go west and pick up pretty good basketball programs too. So I, I don't know. Okay, you, you're you're an interesting case study of fandom. They just really are. They're so unlike the rest of the Big Twelve now. I get their discomfort, but guys, you're not not that cool. You can't ignore football as long as you have, and expect anyone to watch it in this environment. Are they kind of like Colorado ten, fifteen years ago, wanting to leave the Big Twelve because yeah, they felt like they feel point. better in the Pac twelve? You know, they're just we don't really fit in culturally, even though you really historically and probably do fit better. You don't fit in because you suck at football and you're mad about it and you refuse to address the issue. Right. That's the bottom line. If you were good at football, you wouldn't give a crap. I agree. Yeah. I don't disagree. Gills? I agree. Thank you. With all of you. From the Insatiable, who is a new member. Insatiable. Insatiable. Oh, my God. <laughs> what just happened? What happened on our own podcast here, Zach? Okay, go ahead. It's Ryan Gilbert not wanting to read. Zach created a burner account with that name just to hear me mess up. That's what I do. New member, welcome to the pod. What are the best and worst case scenarios for the Big 12 and other major conferences on a 15 to 20 year time horizon? I feel like that's so long. It's a valid question. Like, I think 20 years is, well, that's, it's so far, like... We could be in a whole different round of We're not even at 15 years of Nebraska, Colorado, and all those schools leaving the Big 12. Right. Okay. So th- there's two ways to look at this. Hold on. Let's put your tinfoil hat on. One, does is there success in breaking away the Big 10 and SEC from the rest of us, whether it's under the same umbrella or a different umbrella? I mean, if they set up their own, their own thing— in 15, 20 years, we won't care about them. We just won't. And all of you who said, well, I want to play at the highest level and it won't matter, college football will be doing fine. Now, it won't have the national appeal that it does now because we'll be kind of shattered, but it'll be fine. It will be. But if we all stay together, uh, money doesn't make you better. It it makes life easier but it doesn't mean you're going to be more successful. Have we learned nothing from Texas over the years? They have more money than any of us, and yet they can't get it right. So I, I just feel like the athletic directors, who often are academic people, they're not business people. They're, they're from athletic realm, and they're still not business people. They're horrible at managing the financial aspect of their business. K-State's been fortunate. John Curry was very good at it. And Gene Taylor has also proven to be very uh, a good fiscal manager of the assets with which K-State works. And I also see other athletic departments like we have $50 million in media revenue and I'm going to spend 60 That will not change when it goes to 100 It'll be 120 the greatest lesson I've learned from someone and I have fallen into the trap is it doesn't matter what your income is. 
outgo is income plus 10%. We all overspend, and it's most perilous in a college sports environment that is about to change itself into a semi-pro environment. I see no indications that any of these schools will be fiscally responsible and function as a business, and they will collapse because of it. At what point did the taxpayers say, you're getting $100 million from TV contracts. Why are we giving you a damn dime? And I think it's valid. To get to the question, best case scenario, let's start with the, the SEC and the Big Ten. The best case scenario for them is they get everyone they want. They create whatever leagues yep. they want, and everyone is happy within that structure. You don't have the biggest loser that's losing every year like KU does in the Big 12 every year. You know, you know, Ole Miss or Mississippi State doesn't become the garbage, you know, the bottom of the, the garbage bill. Somebody's yeah. got to, but you got to pretend that there's at least a little bit of parity at the bottom, and every once in a while, you're having a good year, whether that's every four years, every 10 years, whatever, by their measuring stick – you know, they aren't Vanderbilt or they aren't Indiana or Purdue or whatever bad school there is in the Big Ten. Syracuse, Rutgers, you know, those teams are at least happy just to to be an also-ran, I guess. That's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is you have Alabama and LSU and Ohio State and Michigan. Those schools, you know, winning every year. And being at the top, Georgia. Huh. Sounds th- like now. Right. Sounds like now. And that's, I think, why a lot of things are, you know, other conferences are like, we need to change. And if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. But if you have, you know, the same four teams in the semifinals every year of the college football playoff, whatever that becomes, I think that's the worst case scenario is you didn't fix anything. You just you just made the, the top four teams even more better. Even better. So I think that's the worst case scenario. But for like the Big 12, I think the best case scenario is you get aggressive right now. You destroy the Pac-12. Pick who you want. You know, if the other team, if the other conferences are going to go up to 18, 20, 24, whatever, the Big 12 needs to act like they can do that too and be the third conference because there is definitely a market for a third conference. And probably a fourth conference too, but I think that the what the Big Twelve did last year by adding the four schools they did: Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, BYU. It was good at the time in the current landscape of college football on teams that you could add to the Power Five that will work, and that quite frankly probably deserve it. But now, by the Big Twelve doing that, you might leave a lot of teams in the Power Five on the sideline. Teams are going to go down now. I think that that was that was the biggest fear of the Big Twelve was you know what's K State going to do if if the Big Twelve collapses? Is K State going to be in the Mountain West now with everything the way that you know? I think USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten probably saved K State's chances of ever being in a Group of Five conference. I think that saved K State because now if, if People are leaving the Pac-12, and it doesn't matter where you're playing. I think that playing in the center of the country for half of your games is is a big benefit if you're a team like Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, especially when you have a team like BYU out west, and you've kind of got these pods, and you've kind of become this nationwide conference. You know, I think 
the Big 12 can be a landing spot for a lot of these these teams in conferences that may fall apart if you're the ACC or the Back 12. But I think that, you know, best case scenario is the Big 12 becomes, you know, the leader of trying to pick up the scraps because there's going to be some good scraps if the Pac-12 and the ACC collapse due to the Big Ten and the SEC. Um, worst case, I don't really see a worst case scenario right now for the Big 12 because this feels as good as the Big 12 has been since Nebraska said they were leaving. I feel more confident in the Big 12 than ever. But then you look at the other ones, ACC, best cases, like we've mentioned, get Notre Dame, maybe pluck off West Virginia, and you know you survive that way. And Notre Dame stabilizes the entire structure of college football. Worst case is the Big Ten says, hey, Virginia, North Carolina, whoever, you know, let's come into the Big Ten. Let's get up to 20 or whatever. I think that the Big Ten saying no to Oregon and Washington says a lot about which direction they want to go with expansion. I don't think they want to go as west. That was surprising to me. What, that they denied Oregon and Washington? I think they're waiting on Notre Dame. I think that that's, you know, those reports are true that they're waiting on Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame says no, they may just stick at 16. But if they get somebody like Notre Dame, I think they're going to go east. I think you got to go after, you know, your Virginia, your North Carolina, your Duke. And if really, if you go after North Carolina and Duke, um, you know, maybe you're, uh, geez, I think I put, did I put Syracuse in the Big Ten earlier? I'm just yes, sorry. You did. Say yeah. That. I didn't want I, to say anything. Ah, I just, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about that. I was like, I definitely put Syracuse earlier in the big 10. Apologies for that mistake. That was dumb. And, and it wrecked my train of thought just now. But if you add those North Carolina schools like Duke, North Carolina, maybe you add Kansas into the big 10. If you become that basketball focus, because I think adding Duke, you're looking at the basketball and the academic value a little bit with North Carolina too. But, you know, I think that's the worst case scenario for the ACC is they, get raided by the Big Ten or the or the SEC, and then they cease to exist. And then it's good for the Big 12 because then they can pick off the rest. They can add Pitt. They can add Virginia Tech. They can add these teams that aren't necessarily the desirables for the SEC or the Big Ten, but they are definitely culturally and academically fit in with the rest of the Big 12 too. So I think that that's probably the best, best and worst case scenario for everyone. Pac-12, I think you're done. That's the best case scenario is you're done. Well said. I agree with Zach for the first time in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Worst case scenario for K-State in the Big 12 is if no team wins a national title, no team emerges as a powerhouse in college football. Because without OU in Texas, the Big 12 doesn't have one of those teams. Now, one of those teams can emerge in the next 15, 20 years. But if they don't, there's no real strong anchor for the Big 12. Am I wrong? I think so. I think that some whoever emerges, I don't think it's going to change much year to year. It's just, you know, like we saw with Oklahoma State and Baylor, it's not like like OU and Texas were, you know, immune to not being good. You know, they were bad. I guess OU wasn't necessarily bad. They weren't good enough. Someone's going to win year. or someone's going to lose. That, that's inevitable. Someone will win more. Someone will lose more. Even a bad football team picks a quarterback. Even an ugly high school has a homecoming queen. Right? Even Ryan Gilbert has a girlfriend. 
That's Unbelievable. A, that's perfect. Even perfect. Riley Gates got engaged. I know. <laughs> so, I, I, as this all shakes out, let's just take this example. Ten years from now, the Big Ten is one of the two super conferences playing semi-pro football and with a lot of money from Fox. But Nebraska is still going five and seven after 15 years of this or 20 years of this. That's a generation. What happens to their their football culture up there? Someone wins, someone loses. They're losing sight of that through all of this. Alabama, you always haven't been great. Let me remind you of Mike Shula. I mean, do you remember that? I mean, you've been through some crappy times. What if that comes back? What if, Nick Saban, we heard a lot in Manhattan. Your coach isn't going to live forever. Well, actually, the one, Bill Snyder might. But Nick Saban's going to walk away at some point. What happens then? I know you want to think it's just all going to continue, but I'd like to introduce you to our friends in Lincoln, Nebraska. They're going to hire Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> I just, people just really are kind of miscalculating this whole thing. And when I say people, I mostly mean network people and national sports writers. Did I wish you guys a happy holiday? No, I don't care about that. 7-6 for Iowa State today. Oh, yeah. Hey, happy Iowa State Day. Next question from Shake and Bake. First time question asker. So welcome to the podcast. A very important member. Shake and Bake. In terms of realignment favorableness, football, basketball, revenue, facilities, location, size, etc., where would K-State rank versus the remaining Pac-12 schools? I, look, I'm not equipped to answer that. I haven't been to any of these Pac-12 schools. I'll say this. When I went to Stanford, I wasn't blown away by anything. In fact, that campus didn't do much for me. Everyone tries to say it's beautiful, and it's like, okay, yeah, great. Well, the U.S. national team, soccer team, they use Stanford, or they've used Stanford in the past. Oh, they have a lot of facilities. facilities. They have a lot of facilities. They have 4,000 sports. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, Oregon will have the nicest track facility in the conference. Probably football practice facility as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of them are really good, but I don't, I've never been to Utah. I don't know what their facilities look like. I don't. I mean, Arizona State just fixed up Sun Devil Stadium, so maybe it's better because it was a crap hole. It had fallen apart. They had neglected it. Utah has an Olympic stadium. We're not having the Olympics. They might have it again. I feel confident to answer this question and say top five. Anything. Of the remaining? Washington, let's say Washington, Oregon, Stanford. Arizona State. K-State. I don't see why Washington is such a high... Profiled yeah, school. Just, I don't get it. It's, it's a major Seattle Metro. Seattle. Yeah. It's where the money goes. In Some, Washington. I think TV people might argue that Washington has more value than Oregon. That Oregon, at the end of the day, really isn't a huge fan base. It, mm-hmm. it yeah. just has They're a good. huge alumni who has a giant sports related company that skews our opinion quite a bit and does give them a big advantage. I think if you're the Big 12, you're afraid Oregon is Texas light, and they're going to be a pain in the ass. And I think that's why we're seeing some hesitancy from the Big 10 to to invite them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't disagree that K-State would be top five. Of the new Pac-12 schools, I don't think that 
they're necessarily if you added everybody together with the Big 12 schools, I don't think K-State's either even top 5. I mean, you look at basketball facilities, K-State No, still no, is but I mean if you were to just terrible. put K-State But also into that's the yeah. Now. Yeah, that's that's, that's the question, right? Yeah, we're not talking all facilities here either. I think that location is more favorable for K-State obviously being in the middle of the country than any Pac-12 school. They they beat all of them on location. But going back to the previous question, I mean, 15, 20 years from now, I don't think location means anything. I mean, all these conferences, you see the Big Ten now going to be coast to coast. No, it doesn't matter Same for the Big 12. It doesn't matter if, you know, if USC and UCLA, they want to travel all they want, that's fine. But if you're going to play in a national conference, being in the middle of the country and having a two-hour flight everywhere, essentially, is amazing if you're yeah. K-State. If all of your road trips are half the distance of someplace on the coast, that's amazing. You have a tremendous benefit to being in the middle of the country. And having the the potential for the fewest air miles that you have to take to to go places. Yes, <laughs> agreed. Okay, well, way infected, to end that one. Infected testicle. Mm, that that's painful. Would it be better for the Big Twelve to get as many Pac twelve teams as possible, or to only go after the best remaining teams? Yeah, I'm going to caution the Big 12. We're, you know, we're reporting this morning that there's a lot of talk about adding six. Well, then you got seven Western teams. Stop. Just you need to worry about some of these logistics a little bit. Man, I just cool your jets, guys. You, you, you're like the all of a sudden the kid who hasn't eaten very much gets to you know gets the entire Applebee's menu put in front of you. Everything looks delicious. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just. You're a little bit hungry, and give me the riblets. Okay, there we go. Um, so just calm down. I, I I don't know what you're gonna do with six Pac-12 teams and and the eight just, It's teams just coming. it gets awkward because of how the Big Twelve expanded this year. Adding UCF, adding Cincinnati. You only added two Eastern teams. You added a really Western team, and you added one Central team. Yep. Adding even four Western teams throws throws the balance off, and and I feel like that might be why Colorado is a little unfavorable to Big Twelve right now. Is if you add Colorado, you can get away with not adding Colorado. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you're Colorado and you look at the academics and the culture, you're probably more like Kansas and thinking, hey, we probably fit in better in the Big Ten. We can play our natural and historical rival Nebraska every year again. We can we fit in academically. We have a huge metro area in Denver that has a lot of Big Ten graduates. I feel like Colorado may just you might just say go join the Big Ten if you're the Big Twelve. Tell that to Colorado. But if you add Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to pair with BYU, right? You create a fourteen pod. Perfect in the West. Perfect. You have eight teams in the Central, and then you have the three on the the East Coast. You probably want to try finding either Virginia Tech or Pitt. Yeah, that's that's what I want to caution the Big 12 about. Don't get too greedy right now looking west because, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, the problem with going west is you don't have as many viewers. They don't have as many good time slots. You don't want to make your 
conference, the Pac-12 all over again, it'd be a mess. So I just calm down. I'm I'm with Zach. Just for right now, add Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, and say, okay, we've got four teams out west. We're going to pause now to figure out who number sixteen is, or if sixteen's even the right number. I don't add Colorado right now. Honestly, I want to see if they really want to be in. I, it's not like. They they don't want to be in. They'd rather go broke than be associated with the Big Twelve. But they're gonna. They just have a disdain for the Big Twelve. Why would you invite them back in? I don't understand that. Just slow down, guys. Slow down a little bit. But also, you've got to attack the Pac-12 in some way. I don't know how the Pac-12 thinks it's going to survive. I don't. And what's with the the loose association with the ACC? Yeah, I, my wife told me I can't have a loose association with anyone. I don't. I don't. I think it's the same principle. What? Why would the ACC want a loose association with you without the USC and UCLA schools? I think uh, it's. I think it's a statement. I mean, whether it's a public, if it ever becomes a public thing or whatever, but. I think it's the admission that, hey, we're on the coasts. The Big 12 can destroy us Mm -hmm. if these grant of rights fail or if people want to leave or if the SEC wants to raid us or the Big 10 wants to raid us. I think it's the the statement saying, hey, we're stronger if we stick together instead of just joining the Big 12. That's how I see it. And I think it's insane to me. Hey, the alliance was a total worthless piece of crap. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it again, but even weaker. Let's do that. Uh, this, yeah. this is such a Pac-12 move. We're going to have a loose association with the ACC. The ACC is probably over there like, oh, who? What? Who are you? Yeah, we, we talked to you a little bit, but no, no. Cal and Stanford aren't adding Boise, San Diego State, UNLV, Fresno State. They're not inviting them in. They don't want them. And in a weird way, if the Pac-12 wants to survive, maybe they tell Cal and Stanford, hey, you guys, we're moving on. You guys want to block everything. Well, we're going to just move on without you. Because at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to happen. The Mountain West is going to have a real presence of Pac-12 teams. And I think the Mountain West will be stronger because of it. But this is is a mess. Well, the Mountain West re-ran to Pac-12. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I think that brand is damaged forever moving forward. Last question Yay. comes from Woody Shaded OG. How many if... <laughs> Wait, did you actually say that not as a joke? Woody Shaded OG. Woody Shade Dog. Woody Shaded OG. <laughs> I want to curse at you, but I don't want to make Fitz do more work than he has to. Woody... It says Woody Shaded OG. It's Woody Shade Dog. Woody Shaded OG. I like what it says. Actually, I like the OG part. We changed it. It's good. All right, Connery. How many, if any, teams outside the SEC and Big Ten will be allowed in the college football playoff after conference realignment with both conferences basically negotiating the new deal? Depends on how many teams are in those conferences. Again. Are they going to still be playing college football? My my instinctive answer is zero. They're going to be doing their own thing. 
they're not going to if if they start playing semi pro football, nobody that is left behind should ever schedule them. That's you wouldn't go s- schedule K State baseball doesn't put the Omaha Storm Chasers on their schedule because it's convenient. And no, you don't do that. Don't so, some college teams? Sorry for derailing this, but don't some college teams play pro teams occasionally, like spring training? Well, they might. That's happened before, right? Yeah, cool. but yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's spring training. It All doesn't right. count to their record. Yeah, I sure. Look, I. <laughs> If we all end up under the same banner, I got news for them. They need the other conferences involved if they want their product to be tangible. So yeah, they'll be they'll be there. I just I do kind of laugh that the two conferences that are in the most peril right now voted against expanding the playoff. You guys, oh my God! So you much know what they say about karma? Uh, no, no, it's. It's, She's a very nice woman. Oh, I didn't know that. Did it, they say that? If you use the word nice loosely. She's also that. Okay, we're going to move on now. That's it. That's it That's for the it. podcast. That's it. We're done. This, made, this podcast made no sense. We had a short first half and a long second half. And I, I said a bad word that I'll probably forget to bleep out. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Friday with the overtime. All right. Maybe it won't be Friday. I don't know when it'll be. People, this week's a mess. Did you know we had a holiday this week? How did that happen? Huh. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Powercat.com.